Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to the new and improved Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. After many years of interviewing the best and brightest thought leaders around the world, on my SiriusXM show, I am excited to now have those interviews available to people around the globe on this podcast. So many people would write us and say, I love what I've been hearing about your interviews with these great people. Where can I access them? I live in this country or that country, or I don't have access to that technology. How can I get the information? Well, I'm so excited now that we are able to offer the information and the interviews free on this podcast. So we want you to sit back and enjoy this message and let me know how you like them. And then do me a favor. If you like them, send a review, write a review and post it. And if you like it, hit like on here and share it. And tell everybody you know about it and then subscribe to this podcast so you'll get the alerts when we post a new interview episode. Thank you for listening and enjoy the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. Named one of the outstanding five speakers in the world. Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly. Well, it's a great day, and I say it's another great day for each and every one of you and every one of us, and I am grateful for you taking time to listen to this show today. You know, you have only just a minute. I have only just a minute. We've got 60 seconds in it. It's forced upon us. We can't refuse it. We didn't seek it. We didn't choose it, but it's up to us to use it. We must suffer if we lose it. Give account if we abuse it. Oh, it's just a tiny little minute, but our eternities are wrapped up in it. I'm grateful for this minute, this moment, this opportunity to be on with you and to share some ideas with you that I hope will empower, inspire, uplift, and encourage you and help you to have greater success and wealth in every part of your life. You know, I talk about wealth having multiple uh, ways of coming into your life. You've got financial wealth, then you got health wealth, then you've got reputational wealth, then you got intellectual capital wealth, and then you got relationship wealth. Well, today is going to be a show that will give you one of those wealth and some of those encouraging ideas and will help you to grow. Now, I want to 
take a moment, as I do at the beginning of every show, to give God glory, to thank God for life and strength and health. Thank God for all the blessings He has blessed me with and all the wonderful things He has blessed me with. And I know everybody doesn't believe like I believe. In fact, there's a commercial on television with Ron Reagan's son who says, hey, there's no such thing as God. Well, you know, when I saw that, I just went to prayer for that guy. I said, I'm going to pray for him because he doesn't know the good stuff he's missing out on because he doesn't believe. Well, now, look, I'm not going to beat him up, but I'm going to pray for him. And so that's what I did. But also, I tell the story in a new video. You might want to check it out online about an experience I had in a gym with a gentleman who said he didn't believe in God. He believed in science. And I shared with him, I believe in science too, but there's some things. That science can't answer. Whew, you got to see this video. Anyway, I want to welcome everybody to this special edition of the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show, brought to you by our friends at Truist Financial. We want to take a moment to thank them. Two great banks came together to create an even greater bank, Truist. They have a shared purpose to inspire and build better lives and communities because they care. With combined resources, collective passion, continuous pursuit of innovation, Truist is opening the door to a better and more caring financial experience to help people and businesses do more, be more, and achieve more. See what the future of finance is shaping up to be at Truist.com. That's T-R-U-I-S-T.com. Truist Bank is a member, F-D-I-C. Well, let me tell you about this show today. Oh, I got one for you. You know, as we celebrate Black History Month, we want to share this show because this show is a show that is a unique show. What I did was I went back into the archives again. This was a show that was originally recorded in 2013. And I have been looking for it, trying to find it, and I finally found it. Finally found it. It's an interview with one of the gentlemen who walked and worked with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And this gentleman was in his 80s when I met him. And he did the interview. And about six months later, he passed away. And so you've got to hear this interview. His name is Reverend Eugene Callender. Get ready for an incredible experience. It's going to change your life like it changed mine. Let's go to this interview. Well, today's show is going to be something I'm telling you right now, folks, that's going to bless you tremendously. I have had the opportunity recently, uh, last summer or summer before last, I believe, uh, to be in New York City for a convention. And I have a friend, uh, Lorena Rostick, who said, look, I would love for you to meet my uh, special client. He's somebody I've been working with who will, will will just change your life. And so we were able to have breakfast with him. His name is Reverend Eugene Callender. He is a phenomenal gentleman who not only is in his, he's an oct- octogenarian who's in his 80s, still preaching and giving sermons every weekend and speaking around the country to colleges and and civic groups, but he also is one of the great thinkers as well as has a historical perspective that is very rare today. He was one of the people who walked with Martin Luther King and he talked with Martin Luther King and was and did all of the big rallies that 
came to New York, he organized them for Dr. King. And he was at breakfast with us. He told us story after story after story. And they were so profound. I said, Lord, if I can ever get you on the show. I thought if I could get him and I I tried him and I've tried him. And now I was able to get him today to be a part of this show. And so I want to thank you, Dr. Calendar, Reverend Dr. Calendar. Are you there, my friend? I'm here. I'm very much here, Mr. Dr. Jolly. And I'm going to, I appreciate this opportunity to talk to you and your audience. Well, it's just an honor to have you. And I'm grateful for having you. You uh, you, you, you were so uh, profound when we met. Now, you you, you talked told us some stories. One of the things was that you were uh, part of Dr. Martin Luther King's network and as part of his his uh, uh, group who helped him to organize rallies around the country. And I think you oversaw the the Washington, I mean, the New York area. Is that correct? I was. I was. Uh, I first uh, got involved with Dr. King when uh, A. Philip Randolph was going to have a prayer pilgrimage to Washington, D.C., in 1957, and uh, Byron Rustin was uh, working with uh, Mr. Randolph at the time, and Byron was one of her, uh, Dr. King's closest uh, advisors and then helped him a lot with his speeches and writing. And so they came to me and said, uh, uh, we got to find a way to bring uh, Dr. King to New York. He had never been to New York. and. Uh, so I said, well, let me see what I can do. And I talked to a friend of mine, and I found out that Dr. King was going to be in New York uh, in um, April uh, that year, and he's going to be speaking at a Jewish synagogue down on 83rd Street. And my friend and I uh, talked to the rabbi down there, a very fine gentleman, uh, uh, Rabbi Edward Meyer, and uh, we said to him that, uh, you know, Dr. King is going to be in New York, and he's never been to Harlem. How long will he be staying at and uh, speaking at your synagogue? The, the Jewish community was one of the biggest financial supports that Dr. King could ever have. And he said, well, we'll be here from 7.30 to 9 o'clock. I said, well, good. Can we have him after 9 o'clock? He said, well, you can, if he wants to, it's up to him to make the decision. So uh, Byron went and asked Dr. King if he would come to Harlem after he left the, um, the temple down there. And... Uh, and he, Dr. King said, sure. So then we went to work in a short period of time, I met him about two weeks, and organized a rally. We got a, um, a truck uh, from a construction company and put it in front of the, a flat truck in front of the Hotel Theresa. We pushed the piano from my church on 122nd Street and 7th Avenue up to 125th Street and 7th Avenue in front of the Hotel Theresa, and we got about seven or eight uh, winos and lift it up and put that piano on the flat truck. And then we started to promote it. <clears throat> and then I said, well, we're going to find a way to get the crowd because we've only got two weeks. And I remember that Duke Ellington was playing at the Apollo that week. And so I went over to see the gentleman at the Apollo, the owners and his son. And the owner was Mr. Robert Shipman. His son was Robert Shipman Jr. And the senior was there. So I said to Bobby, I said, look, Bobby, you can really do something great for this community. He said, he said what's that? I said, let us have Duke Ellington uh, come and play on Friday night at a rally I'm organizing in home. But Dr. King is going to be there, and we need somebody to stir the crowd up, get them interested, get them warm up, and help us to promote him. He said, I can't do that. The weekend is my biggest day, Jim. I said, man, you got to do it. And it's the only way that we have the time to promote this rally. And so... He called his father. He said, "Oh, of course we got to do that." 
So we had Duke Ellington's orchestra on that flat truck on the, in front of the Hotel Teresa. They started to play around 8 o'clock, and, of course, people started gathering and gathering and gathering. And Martin showed up at 9.30 and made his very first speech in Harlem in support of the prayer pilgrimage. And the prayer pilgrimage was an attempt by Mr. Randolph to get the government to do something about jobs for people who were out of work in the, in the black community. That was quite an exciting event. So that's how I met Dr. King. And then we became very good friends. And I joined him in the movement down south. He asked me if I would be his New York coordinator. That is bringing the churches of New York into support, that's white, black, and, and Jewish, and Protestant. And I said, I'd be glad to do that. And so we organized a committee here in New York, the New York Committee to Support the Student and the, uh, the Montgomery Bus Boy Strike. That was my boy strike there, that was going on then. And uh, we organized a lot of churches, black and white. And we had a lot of such a lot of students and a lot of adults down to. Uh, down to uh, Montgomery and other places, and I went down myself to Selma and to Florida, St. Augustine, Florida, and to Birmingham. <clears throat> and um, one of the great things about it, one nice thing, I don't know how great it is, our church, our church in the Mass that I was pastoring that time, uh, raised money so that Percy Sutton could make his first trip. And he did that reluctantly to go to Jackson, Mississippi. He didn't want to go. I said, Percy, you've got to go and get arrested. And uh, he is our men's day speaker that day. He didn't know I was going to do this. So the church raised over $1,000 to send Percy down to Jackson, Mississippi to get arrested. And he did get arrested because he and Mark Lane tried to eat at a drugstore, sit down and eat at a drugstore. And that's what made gave Percy such a service move politically. Wow! And uh, and he after that he started a political club in the basement of my church. My church was called the Mid Harlem Community Parish, and he named his political club the Mid Harlem Community Political Club. And then from there he ran and became the president of New York NAACP. And then from there he ran and became the Brother President of Manhattan, and he did, he served in the Brother Presidency for 11 years, and he just died last week. He yeah, I heard about done. that. He, yeah. he did. I heard about his funeral. Yeah. Well, look, Reverend Collin, I want to. We're going to take a quick break, but I want you to hang on because I want folks to hear the, some of the stories you told me while we were sitting at breakfast, particularly how your life was changed by Martin Luther King, and I it changed my life when you told me the story. Wow, wow, wow! This is quite an interview. Quite an interview. Well, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I am interviewing a history maker, an iconic leader in New York City, in Harlem, who was the lieutenant for Martin Luther King Jr. in Harlem at SCLC. And it is quite an interview, an incredible interview. And you've got to hear the rest of this interview and the lessons he teaches us about courage. That's the big thing. And I want you to hear about courage and the kind of courage it's going to take to become a winner. Well, look, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back in a few minutes with more. You're listening to the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show and podcast. And I want you to make sure after you hear this that you share it with everybody you know because we want people to be inspired as we celebrate Black History Month and history makers who continue to be inspirational even after they have gone on. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Stay tuned and for sure the best is yet to come. 
Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I'm so excited today to share with you about our sponsor for this podcast is Truist Financial, a bank where two great banks came together to create an even greater bank. BB&T and SunTrust were great banks on their own, but they came together with a focus on caring, caring for others and caring for small businesses and caring for communities and caring that people will achieve their goals. They came with this concept of caring. And when you start a bank with care and you go from there, you will create a truest financial, a unique bank that will have great impact on our community. Go to truest.com. Check them out at truest.com. T R U I S T dot com. Truest Financial is a member of FDIC. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Make sure to tell them at Truest that I sent you. Have a great one. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I have a question for you. Have you ever wondered why some people can make a million dollars, lose it, make a second million, lose that, then make a third million, while other people can't even make ends meet? Well, the reason is that those people know the recipe for success. And that recipe is available to everyone if you will do what they did. They made a habit of getting positive, motivational resources of great thinkers and great learners. And I want to offer those same kind of resources to you. We've developed a free page on my website. It's wjspeaks.com slash gift. wjspeaks.com slash gift. On that site, we've got resources, books, audios to help you to grow and they're free. So go to wjspeaks.com slash gift, wjspeaks.com slash gift and get some of those resources and then share that page with your friends and your family members. We want to impact and inspire millions of people. And remember, if you enjoy this message on this podcast, like it, share it and Post a review about it and make a difference in the lives of others by letting them know about it. Have a great day. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. with the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show with a special edition of the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show and podcast where we are interviewing or bringing an interview that I did many years ago to you that many of you have never heard. It is a history maker, Reverend Eugene Callender, who was Martin Luther King Jr.'s Harlem Lieutenant for the SCLC. And it is an incredible interview. Listen to this interview and you'll see why it changed my life and will change your life. Let's get back into the interview. 
You got to have faith. You got to have faith to believe that your dreams can come true. You got to have faith to believe that the dreams will come true. And you got to have faith to go out and do the work that takes it to come true. We learned about the power of faith from a Martin Luther King Jr. And as we are celebrating his birthday this time of the year, we wanted to have a show that really celebrated, but we wanted not just to read the books. We didn't want to just do something that people have heard about Reverend King or Dr. King. We wanted somebody who knew Dr. King to be our guest. And we got one of the great ones on the air today. I'm so grateful we could get him on. He's uh, very busy, even in his 80s. He's still quite active, speaking, writing, lecturing, traveling. He's just phenomenal. And I had to have the the honor to have breakfast with him myself, my wife and my son, with his uh, his agent, uh, Lorena Rostick, who I just uh, adore. And she set up a time while I was in New York City uh, to have breakfast with Reverend Dr. Callender, and it was just phenomenal. I mean, I was like a, a kid on uh, Christmas morning with all the stories. I was taking notes as quickly as I could between uh, b- bites of breakfast, and he was telling one story after another. Now, let me tell you something else about Reverend Callender. Not only is he still active and that he was the coordinator for Martin Luther King's efforts in the New York City area, as well as part of the the, the national team that went down south, but Reverend Callender has been a stalwart in New York City. He was the preacher who was with Billie Holiday when she was making her transition. And he spoke and gave her eulogy. He has been one of the premier uh, people in the New York area. So for folks in New York, uh, uh, Reverend Callender, you're going to be preaching this Sunday, I believe. Would you tell people where you're going to be preaching? I'm preaching this Sunday. And um, I'm not taking an outside engagement. I'm preaching at a church where I'm preaching regularly, the Church of the Master at 122nd Street and uh, Morningside Avenue in Harlem, 122nd Street, Morningside in Harlem. It's called the Church of the Master at 11 o'clock. And uh, it's going to be a celebration of Dr. King and myself because my birthday was just a couple of days away, and I'm going to talk about the... Uh, Civil rights, they respective, and they look forward. Oh, fantastic. Now, on this birthday, you'll be celebrating how many years on this planet? I will be 84 years old. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, let me tell you, he has more energy, goes to the gym every day, and, right. and uh, just terrific. Now, you told us a story, and I, I want I to, you said there was an experience, an event, that changed your life as a as a as a Christian. The way you said it was, <laughs> you said Martin made me a Christian, <laughs> and it was such a profound story because it it. You said I was preaching, but I had an experience right. that that literally made me a Christian. Could you share that story with well, me? Well, there's a couple of stories. I guess yes. I don't know which one you're referring to, but the one is that, that I think where gave me insight as to the genuineness and the. Um, Sincereness and the power of Dr. King's teaching on um, on um, non, non nonviolent uh, um, energy it was when we were in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, and every day we'd go out there from the church and we would uh, get washed down with Bull Connor's hoses and bitten by his dogs, and then one day he brought out his great big fire engine and white, big white tank and ran us off the street, and this would go on day after day. And every night, every night, Dr. King, we'd go back to the church, and there was, there was no three, four hundred of us, and we would uh, 
listen to Dr. King, he, and he would tell us, you know, my brothers and sisters, uh, Bull Connor demonstrated his anger, his hatred, his viciousness toward us again today. And he said, but you know something? We cannot hate Bull Connor. Well, when he said that, my, I said, man, I, no, I'm getting out of this thing. And then, I, I ain't going to let this man ruin my life. <laughs> and he said that he went on this. He said, you know, God loves Bull Connor as much as he loves you and me. Wow. And he said, there's no sense that I'm hating Bull Connor because the only people that's feeling the hate of hatred is yourself. It doesn't change Bull Connor at all. The only way we're going to change Bull Connor is to be consistent and insistent on our work here in Birmingham. And I, and I, and I walked away from that, and I said, oh, my goodness. You know, he really exposed uh, my shortness in my understanding of Christianity because I was still a guy that you hit me, I hit you, kind of guy. But then... Uh, after that uh, consistency, night after night, with that message, you can't hate Bull Connor. Bull Connor is one of God's children also. God will take care of Bull Connor. You just take care of yourself. And I thought that was so powerful. You're, you're absolutely right. When you shared that story, we were at breakfast, yeah. it empowered me that we can't change other people. We yeah. can only do what's, what we can do with ourselves and, and, and trust God to do the other side. And, and many of the people who are listening might have uh, family members that they have not forgiven, That's people right. in their lives that they're angry with. And I, I found that that was so profound that you said forgiveness and, and a real spirit of love will empower you, will right. change you, will in, 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 and just entrust you with what God wants you to do and the, the power that you have within you. Well, what, what other things did you learn in those, those times with walking well, the with second, Well, the second thing I thought was very significant... Well, during the, the marches back in 65 and 60, the Congress passed. Um, Kennedy had been killed, and, and President Johnson um, uh, worked hard with the Congress and got them to pass the um, Voting Rights Bill and the, and the uh, Employment Act Bill. And the Voting Rights Bill did away with all the Jim Crow um, ballot boxes in the South and made it possible for more and more blacks to vote. And uh, I remember then that uh, Dr. King said to us, he said, I want to be the first person, the first black person to register in Montgomery, Alabama to be to vote. And, uh, and so we signed a little march from uh, our little headquarters to the city hall and it was an integrated march. We had white ministers and white people, but we had a predominance of black. And we all marched from where we were to the city hall. And when we got to the city hall, where you're supposed to register to vote, there were 200 people across the street, all men, most of them in overalls, holding pitchforks, hatchets, baseball bats, and things like that. Like daring us to try to come and get in that that, that uh, state house and, and register to vote, and uh, Martin said, uh, we, "We many of us, including myself and the young, said Martin, we can't do this thing today, man. They, they, they'll kill you if you go over there and try to register." And Martin King said to us, "If I don't go over there, 
and at least make the attempt to get in. He said that everything I have said and everything I have believed in will be will be defeated. He said a man can only live by the things he believes in, and if he can't, then those things you have to be willing to die for in order to make them real in your own life. And then he walked out. He passed me his hat. And he walked across that street and all of us started to cry. We were full of tears, man. And uh, he walked across that street. And believe it or not, Mr. Jolly, as soon as he put his foot on that platform, that sidewalk, that whole group, with all their meanness and all the tools of pain in their hand, they opened up a pathway so that he could walk in. Wow. And, and, and I mean, that was such a powerful display of the power of God's grace and love. And uh, it came up, and we all sang, we shall overcome. We shall overcome, yes. Wow, that is incredible. That is absolutely Oh, that is incredible. Folks, you're listening to Reverend Dr. Uh, Eugene Callender, who walked and talked and was part of Martin Luther King's network. And we're grateful he's here. About it. He he is uh, actually referenced in the book, the hit book, Eat, Pray, and Love by Elizabeth Gilbert. He's referenced uh, in that book as someone who has had an impact on her life as well. I'm so excited. I'm so excited about this interview that I'm able to share it with you and to share these perspectives. Wasn't that an incredible incredible story about Dr. King. And that was firsthand view, not something someone read in a book that was with Dr. King. Dr. Callender was with him, held his hat as he went across that street facing that angry mob. Well, uh, we got more to come, but before we go any further, I want to again, thank our sponsor, Truist Financial. Two great banks came together, BB&T and SunTrust with a mindset to start a bank that was focused on caring. If you start a bank with care and build a bank from there, you will come up with truest financial. And that is what has happened. They have made a commitment to inspire and build better communities, better lives. They've got a a program. They've got a program called the Truest Community Benefits Plan. They've earmarked $60 billion, that's billion with a B, to invest in affordable housing, nonprofit support, and small business growth over the next three years. So that you can see that they are serious, that Truist is committed to better banking for people of every race, color, creed, and ethnicity, and they're committed to giving back to the community and creating meaningful change for all folks who are striving to achieve more. I hope you'll check them out at truest.com. Let me spell it for you. It's T-R-U-I-S-T.com. Truest Financial, member FDIC. Well, we're going to be right back after this break. We got more to come with Dr. Eugene Callender from the interview I did many years ago that it's still pertinent and relevant today. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. We've got more great information, more great inspiration, and more great motivation for each and every one of you. So stay tuned. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways show and podcast broadcasting all around the world. And we're glad you're here. Stay tuned after this break for station identification. Stay tuned. 
Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I got an email from a gentleman in Australia who shared how he had been struggling in his business, and he bought some of my books and audios, and how it had a profound impact on his business, and he went from worst to first in his company. I shared with him how much I appreciated his Note, but I told him those books, those audios, those videos were not just something that I just thought up one day and thought it to write. They were born out of my experiences, out of the challenges of overcoming the problems and the difficulties and how I was able to do it. And I shared with him that others have sent similar messages and that these resources work. I want to encourage you and invite you to go to my store. Go to wjspeaks.com slash shop. wjspeaks.com slash shop. Get some of the books. It only takes a minute to change your life or a setback is a setup for a comeback or turn setbacks into greenbacks or chicken soup for the soul or an attitude of excellence or the book I wrote with my wife after 34 years of being married and not having an argument in over 30 years. We wrote a book called Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last, and now it is saving marriages all over the globe. Go to the store, get some of the audios, the videos, the books, the resources to help you have greater personal and professional success. This is Dr. Willa Jolly. Make this a great day on purpose. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show and Podcast. And we want to welcome you again to this special edition of the Willie Jolly Show, where I am bringing in an interview that I had many years ago. I did many years ago. And I had it in the archives. I've been looking for it. And I finally found it with a real black history maker as we celebrate Black History Month with Dr. Eugene Callender, who was... Martin Luther King Jr.'s friend, his compatriot, as well as his lieutenant for the Harlem District of SCLC. Let's get back to this incredible interview. Well, we've got my friend, the Reverend Dr. Eugene Callender, who is just phenomenal. I'm just so grateful that Lorena Rostick uh, made a point to say, look, while you're in New York, we've got to set up a time to have the two of you meet each other. She had told him about me and, and she had told me about him. And I was just I just couldn't wait. We had breakfast uh, at a little cafe uh, in, in Manhattan. And I mean, it was phenomenal. And and. He told story after story about his life with Martin Luther King, walking, talking, breathing, and how Martin Luther King didn't just talk to talk. He walked to walk and how it inspired those who were with him. And and what I, I learned from this is he just told you the story about Martin Luther King having to go through the the angry armed with uh, sticks and clubs and pickaxes, the crowd to go register, to be the first to register for to, to vote. And what that took was courage. Mm. It took courage for Dr. King. It took courage for Reverend Callender and Andy Young and Walter Fonsroy and all the others who were part of his uh, team of, of, of preachers and pastors who went to the South, who were the workers, the, even the workers who rode on the freedom rides, all of the sitting at the lunch. It took courage. And courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is having fear and going for it anyway. 
And New York City. Reverend Dr. Calendar, are you there? I'm still here. All right, fantastic. Well, you know, what we were talking about is you talked about how Martin said, I got to be the first one to go there and to, uh, to register for the vote. And he was faced with a army of, of people who were, who were against him with pickaxes. Oh, in there. So, yeah. And yet he said, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. And he walked right up to the crowd. They could have killed him. Uh, sure. And, you know, here's what I'm saying, folks. It took courage. It took courage to do that. And that is what is is most profound about the whole movement that you'd Reverend Callender and Andy Young and Walter Fontaroy and all the others yeah. and the students who were the freedom riders and the, and the lunch counting people who sat at the lunch counters. All of that took courage. And courage was what uh, was the epitome of this struggle, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and so what did you learn about courage and about yourself in that process? And then what else did you learn about Martin? Maybe like the, his, his statement and his stand at the Riverside Church, which took a lot of courage. Well, well that was courageous. Uh, you know, the war in Vietnam was going on. Uh, we had bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki. 130,000 people got killed in one day because of what we did. And uh, Martin was the first uh, leadership-type person uh, to take on that issue. And I remember uh, he came to the Riverside Church in April, I believe it was 67, and he, he, he dumbfounded us all. He spoke about how, he said, how could God ever forgive the United States of America for that violent, vicious act they committed against the, um, the the Vietnamese. And um, and he reminded us again about how we killed all those people in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. He said, those Vietnamese people has never done anything to us. And he made statements like, the essence of America's existence is violence. And he went back to how we uh, took land from the uh, Native American Indians how we brought slaves over here in uh, from Africa, and how we had to work and never pay with them. And he said, you know, this, this, God's not going to tolerate all this. And then he came up with a long statement about the Vietnam War and the injustices that was going over there and the injustice that was going on here with black people. Well, I mean, he... He was criticized severely by every newspaper. New York Times had front page headlines. Washington Post had front page headlines. And the NAACP and, and, and Roy Wilson and Whitney Young and National League all criticized him and said he should not be talking about the Vietnam War. He should continue to talk about civil rights and citizens. But Martin, Martin said, no, sir. It's the, that, that issue reflects so broadly and internationally the, 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 the basic terror in the hearts of Americans that we feel that we can go over there and just take people's lives for nothing. We get nothing out of that war. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And so I remember saying to my congregation that, 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 that next Sunday, I said, you know, I suppose the argument will never be settled as to whether great men make moments in history great or whether great moments in history make great men. Mm. And I said, 
it's 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 it's. it's I believe that there was a fact that this was a great moment that made him a great man. And what a lot of us have forgotten is that Dr. King has a unique standing, uh, whether he knew this was going to happen or not, uh, in America, because, you know, as we observe annually his birthday, there's a quality that, um, of disobservance that's denied even to the fathers of our country, George Washington, uh, when they decided to um, give him a national observance holiday. We have Dr. King's birthday. It's a national observance holiday. And he, he and, uh, and one of the, the only two people to have that, Abraham Lincoln doesn't have that. They, 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 they messed Lincoln and Washington together, and they call that President's Day. But King has his own independent day. And I have to say this, uh, with all of the contradictions I've experienced in American behavior, uh, there's a grandeur, I think, in the national character when the grandson of slaves could be so elevated. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and so that's why we have to honor the man. I don't know any American, any general in the Civil War, any general in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the early days of that war and the Revolutionary War that displayed the kind of courage that Dr. King said. I remember when we were in Chicago. He went to Chicago for the first time. He came out of the South. And he went to Cicero, Illinois. And uh, the people had bombed. A, a young black couple had bought a house in Cicero. And and uh, they got out of the neighborhood that the couple coming in were, were black, or colored in those days. And, uh, the, and the, the gentleman was a doctor, a medical doctor, and the wife was a teacher with a Ph.D. And, and uh, the white people in Cicero bombed their house so they couldn't even move into it. And I remember that young lady crying on television saying, they don't even know us. They have never talked to us. And yet, just because they heard that we were black, they bombed our house. And Dr. King went to Cicero and put on a march. And it was in Cicero, marching down the street, that he got hit by a brick on the head. Mm. And uh, he said, you know, I've been through all kinds of dangerous cities and towns in the South, but I've never seen hatred so raw and so extravagant. And I've never experienced hatred so deeply as I have here. In Cicero, Illinois. Wow. Yeah. And that took, again, courage. And I want to encourage everybody to, to, when you're going through these tough times, that you maintain your courage. Yeah. And, and don't, you know, you can get frustrated, you can get disappointed, but yeah. don't let this discouragement overtake you. Absolutely. And because when you let the discouragement overtake you, you won't have the courage to go out and do what it takes yeah. to, to be all that we can be. Right. Uh, Dr. Callender, you, 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 you preach on this. I mean, you're preaching on this on Sunday. On Sunday. Yeah, in the next two minutes, why don't you give us a synopsis of what you're going to talk about to the folks? Well, I'm going to talk about, they said, my sermon is going to be on civil rights and uh, in America today, a retrospective and forward look. And I guess I can say it easy. I say, we've come a long way, but we still have a long, long 
to go. Yes. You know, we the, the two previous Secretary of State, the United States, were black. Yes. Like Mr. Powell and then Congressman Rice. We have now more black elected officials in, the, in in this country than ever before. We have 40 odd, maybe almost 50 people, black people, elected in the Congress of the United States. We have one black senator. We have uh, one black governor, I believe. But we in local city councils and uh, all other leaderships. We have a, a, a number of blacks. We have blacks on television uh, all the time. Now, not as Amos and Andy's, but as as, as reporters, as analysts, as as uh, as, as Pulitzer Prize winners. And it's a major, you know, that could not have happened back in the 50s and the 40s. But it has happened. So we've come a long way. But then, you know, I remember Langston Hughes' uh, a little statement in the book he wrote called Simple Speaks His Mind. And Langston pictures a, little, a black man sitting in the bar in Harlem. And this white man comes in and sits next to him and says, you know, hey, isn't it wonderful the tremendous strides black people have made in this country? And this was during the days when Marion Anderson was alive. And he said, we talk about Marion Anderson and Jackie Robinson and Joe Lewis. And that man turned around looked at that man and said, now turn around and look at me. And there's still a whole lot of people, white and black, but I think majority may be black, who are in poverty, who are hurting who can't get insurance, who can't buy homes, uh, and all of that still exists in this land of supposed to be where uh, the forefathers said that God has created us equal. Um, and uh, so this is why I keep I keep preaching. My, my, my white friends tell me, man, don't you know, things have changed. Things have, I said, things have changed maybe for you. <laughs> what an incredible interview. Yeah, things have changed, but we are grateful that this interview has remained the same in the archives and is still profound many years after I recorded it. And I am so grateful as we celebrate Black History Month that we get to celebrate a Black history maker, Reverend Eugene Callender. Well, we're going to come back in a few minutes with more on this subject and more from this interview and you're going to continue to be inspired and be encouraged and uplifted and be informed as you are uplifted and elevated this is dr willie jolly on the willie jolly wealthy way show and for sure the best is yet to come we'll be right back friendship is not about being convenient it's about being committed and consistent Need me? Call me. You can call on me. Call me. You can call on me. Pick up the phone. You can call me. And call me. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and people often ask, how did I go from a broke, busted nightclub singer to become a best-selling author and to be voted one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International? The answer is that I decided to invest 
and changed my thinking, invested my mindset, and decided to change my inputs because inputs determine outputs. I heard about a seminar years ago when I was just getting started. I was making about $100 a speech, and I heard this seminar that was creating millionaires, and it cost $10,000, but the guy was getting results. I didn't have that kind of money, but I decided to borrow it because I learned that there's a price for success, the price of college, the price of going to school, the price of education. There's a price for success, and then there's a cost for not paying the price, the cost of staying the same. And that cost is greater than the price. It's too expensive. And so I went, and it changed my life, and I came back and quickly made $100,000. I heard a similar story from Dr. Dave Martin, how he went to a success rally, heard a speaker who inspired him. He and his friend said, wow, that's changed my life. The speaker had a package of materials to help build wealth. The package cost $1,500, and that was all the money Dr. Dave had to his name. Dr. Dave's friend asked, do you think this stuff is worth it? Dr. Dave thought for a moment. He said, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But I do know that I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He invested that money in that package and used the materials to grow his thinking. He grew his mindset. He shared how that $1,500 investment has gone on to generate millions in revenues. He's a multimillionaire. And he has homes now in Arizona and Florida. I want to say to you, it's time to invest in you. I want to give you some materials that will help you grow you. Grow your mindset. Grow your future. Grow your finances. Go to WJSpeaks.com. Dot com slash billionaire. WJSpeaks.com slash billionaire to get some materials that will inspire your success and will help you find that there's a price for success, but there's a cost for not paying the price. And the cost is always greater than the price. Go to WJSpeaks.com slash billionaire and get the bag, the box, or any of the materials there and keep growing your wealth. And remember, as a man thinketh, so as he is, and your best is yet to come. And we're back. This is Dr. Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Wealthy Way Show and Podcast. And I'm so excited, so excited about this show because I've been trying to find this interview for years, but we finally found it. It was an interview that I did with a history maker, a real deal history maker, who was not just the lieutenant for Martin Luther King Jr. and the SCLC in New York City in Harlem, but he also traveled with Dr. King in Birmingham. He was there when Dr. King made historic activity and movement in Birmingham and Selma. But also this gentleman was the first black man to graduate from Westminster Theological Seminary. Let me tell you something else about him. He not only had a theological degree, he had an MBA and a law degree, and he was the first black Presbyterian pastor in Harlem. <laughs> this guy was a mover shaker. And one more thing, he was the director of the housing and urban development under the mayorship of John Lindsay in New York City, a mover shaker who changed the lives of millions of people. Let's get back into this interview with Reverend Dr. Eugene Callender. Well, I think the major thing that changed my life was, you know, you go to school, you learn theology, you learn history, you learn culture, you learn psychology, and you get an intellectual understanding of these things. But until they become a part of the essence of your existence, 
you don't really know anything. Because Dr. King, you see, every time I saw him coming off that march, you know, bruised and beaten and talking about you can't hate Bull Connor, when I saw him come out of jail, in the Birmingham jail, and write that that letter to those eight ministers who told him to go away, you know, get out of Birmingham, we don't need you yet, wait. And uh, I say, you know, um, he he had tremendous Courage, and I began to believe not just with my head, mm. but my heart started to twist and turn that what Jesus was saying was the truth. Mm. That love, God, and, and each other is the ultimate answer to uh, our struggle. Uh, I, I know there's still a little distance between black and white people. But I remember when I was a kid, I didn't appreciate it that much because I didn't I didn't like to go to church. But my folks made us go to church. And we used to say a hymn in church by written by Charles Albert Tinley, who was a Methodist preacher in the Philadelphia ghetto. And uh, the, the, the white Methodist church refused to make him a bishop just because he was black. Hmm. He was denied the honor of an Episcopal bench uh, because of his blackness. And he was deeply disappointed. And uh, uh, he gave, through his disappointment, embarrassment, you know, his family and, and, and all the different terrorism that was going on, he said this and his hymn. We know that other hymn he wrote, We Shall Overcome, but we don't talk about this one too much. Charles Tinley wrote this. He said, Harder yet may be the fight. Right may often yield to might. Wickedness a while may reign. Satan's cause may seem to gain. But there is a God who rules above with a hand of power and a heart of love. Hmm. And you know, I always say to myself, if I join myself to what is right, he'll fight my battle. Hmm. I shall have peace. Someday. Mm, If I join myself to what is right, he will do the rest. Oh, that is fantastic. Now, uh, I cannot uh, leave this interview without you at least talking about uh, your experience with Billie Holiday. I thought that was profound when I read it on your on the website. Oh, that was was one of the, the, uh, God, that that was one of the great moments of my life. uh, Billy Holiday was singing at the Apollo uh, again with Duke Ellington, and she one night, one day Duke came. I went to hear it every day, and one day Duke came on the stage. Billy can't sing tonight. I think she's sick and whatnot, and she just couldn't make it. And then we heard the next morning that the police had come to the Apollo and arrested her for selling and using uh, heroin. Took her to the Metropolitan Hospital because she was very sick and drawn out. And uh, when she got to the Metropolitan Hospital, you know, normally they'd put the patient in the bed and, and let the doctors take over. But what bothered us, when I say the group was that was there, they arrested and interviewed and, and uh, Billy in her bed with handcuffs on. And they arraigned her. They had a guard outside the door, a guard inside the hospital room, and a guard down the hallway. And they arraigned her in the hospital with handcuffs on her hand. And then and, and God took her away from us in that, in, in that situation. 
And then I was asked to talk at their funeral. And um, I, I said, you know, this is horrible. She's a human being. She's a child of God. You know, she may not be what we would like her to be, but God loves this lady so. And she gave us all such you know, lessons to her unique singing. Nobody has ever sang Billie Holiday songs again. You know, people don't sing Billie Holiday music because they can't sing it. Right. You know? And uh, so we went outside and we... Uh, Walked the streets and on the other side of the Metropolitan Hospital in East Holland, and we had signs, let Billy live. Mm. Just let Billy live. Uh, but God said, no, Billy, it's time to come on and get your rest. Amen. Mm. Now, last few minutes we have. Any life lessons you want to send to young people, to small business people, to entrepreneurs, people who, who need to hear your wisdom? Yeah. Uh, through the years you've seen. Well, I can I can make one sentence. I say to all black people, young people, middle-aged people, teenage people, old people, sick people, you know, black is necessary, but it's not sufficient. Hmm. It's not sufficient. Just being black ain't going to get you very far. Being black is a, I, I, an acceptance of who you are. But you have to get an education. You have to get a skill of some kind because the, the society and the world that we're dwelling in now requires knowledge. It requires intellectual skill. It requires technical skill. And so I say again, black is as necessary, but it's not sufficient. Mm, so we, you must pursue excellence and, that's right. and develop an attitude of excellence. I have a new book that's on my website called An Attitude of Excellence and I wanted to encourage people that you just pursue excellence. Whatever it is you're going to do, you do it so well right. that people are looking for you. And in these yeah. times of downsizing and, and job losses, home losses, the one thing I found that those who pursue excellence always have a value yeah. in the marketplace. Yeah. Uh, Reverend Callender, uh, we are so grateful. Doc, I want to thank you. I want to thank Lorena. I will appreciate y'all forever. Thank you for blessing us with these great stories of faith and courage and the power of love yes. that was uh, uh, was established and lived by Martin Luther King. It wasn't right. just about giving good speeches. It was about living the life. And I want to thank you for the great work you're doing for the world. Thank you, my friend. Thank okay. you. I hope to have breakfast with you again when I come to New York. Uh, anytime you come, if you're willing to pay, sure. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you got a deal. It'll be my treat. Okay, <laughs> God yeah. bless you. Thank you, Reverend Calendar. Well, okay, right. Thank you. Folks, you've been listening to Reverend Dr. Eugene Callender here on the Willie Jolly Show. What a profound hour. I'm so honored that he would find time. This man has walked with Martin Luther King, and when I had breakfast with him, I was we were all just sitting on, on our tips of our chairs as he told story after story. Wow. 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 Folks, I am overwhelmed, overjoyed, and grateful that we were able to find this interview with Dr. Callender. It has inspired me, and I hope it has inspired you. Share this with everybody in your family, particularly your young people who need to know that Black history is real and that there are some real evidences that we can learn from from Black history makers and that they too can make history because it's not just about the past, but also about the present and the future. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. I want to thank you all again for joining me. And again, I want to thank Truist 
Financial for being my sponsor. When you take a bank and you start with care and build a bank from there, then you will have built Truist. Truist is a bank that cares. Go to truist.com. T-R-U-I-S-T.com. Truist Financial. Member F-D-I-C. And I want to thank everybody who has continued to share this show with their friends and family. I want to encourage you to go to winwithwilly.com. Winwithwilly.com. Sign up for my newsletter every week. I send out a newsletter about what I've got coming up on the show and Monday through Friday, a one minute motivational, inspirational message. And last but not least, so many ask about our music that we play on the breaks. That's from my music and motivation power book that is re-released, re-digitized with new music, some new music. It will empower and elevate you. It's got incredible therapeutic and regenerative impact on your psyche and your spirit. Well, willyjolly.com slash music, or just go to winwithwilly.com and hit the icon, as well as our marriage show icon and all the other things we've got going on. We are so grateful for all of you who have made Monday night, nine o'clock, part of your routine to be with us on Make Love, Make Money, Make It Last, the broadcast. Continue to do that Monday night on A Jolly Marriage on Facebook, A Jolly Marriage on Instagram, and Willie Jolly LinkedIn Live. Well, our time is up. We've had a great time today. Happy Black History Month and great success in all you do and much success to your family and your faith and your future. God bless you. Dr. Willie Jolly, have a great day. And remember, for sure, your best is yet to come. God bless. enjoyed this podcast episode and I hope you got something of great value and I hope that you were inspired, you were motivated, you were empowered and you were encouraged to live your best life. I hope this information and this inspiration will help you to do more, be more and to achieve more. That's the goal why I started this program and I hope it helped you in a mighty way. Now, I ask you to make sure and that you take full advantage of all the resources that came through this program. I hope you go to wjspeaks.com slash gift 
and get some of the free resources that we have there for you. I hope you go to wjspeaks.com slash shop to get some of the books that we have created, that we've labored over to make sure that they will deliver a powerful message to you. I hope you go to willyjolly.com slash billionaire. WillieJolly.com slash billionaire or WJSpeaks.com slash billionaire to get the box that it will inspire your whole family or get the bag of books. Make this a great day, a great week, a great month. And remember, it is true that you are blessed and all things are possible for them that believe. So make the most of the belief that you have now in your future. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.